This is Kenny Alward, and I'm hosting the Scouse's House special podcast previewing the 2019 Champions League final in Madrid, Spain, between Tottenham and Liverpool on June 1st. I have a panel of eight to help us work through the world's biggest match in club football. From the Tottenham supporters' side, we have Al Kovacevic, also of Scouse's House. We have Eric Norrington, David Barber, as well as Pat McMahon, defender for Louisville City FC. On the Liverpool supporter side, we have Mario Sanchez, coach at Loose City, as well as Niall McCabe, midfielder for Loose City, and our own Michael Scouse-Bromelo. Paco Craig, defender for Loose City, also assists us with the somewhat neutral point of view. Kevin Kernan, play-by-play broadcaster for Loose City, and Evan Floyd, host of the In the House podcast and also of Loose City, will help me navigate through this panel. So let's get right to it, and I hope you enjoy Good evening, everyone. All right, welcome to a Scouse's House special podcast. We did this last year uh, with a smaller group. I believe uh, Kevin was a part of it, Lance, uh, Evan, Niall, weren't you a part of it last year for the Champions League preview? Actually, it's been our, I think, our second largest download ever. It still gets downloaded uh, about once a week, somewhere around the world. So it has a big draw to it, so we want to bring everybody together. We came and did this on Spurs turf, even though Scouse helped set this up. Yeah, exactly. So thanks a lot to Bruce and his staff for hosting us tonight. We appreciate that. And then also having some cross-pollination from Molly's as well from the Liverpool side. So Ty, thanks for coming over. So here's how this is going to work this evening. Um, I've got kind of a loose agenda. I've asked Kevin Kernan to join me as well. Evan Floyd's going to jump up with a few questions as well. We're going to turn this over to the panel. Looking from my left to right, for people you may or may not know, I'll get low so you can see. I've got uh, Scouse Bromelow, everybody knows. Niall McCabe. Mario Sanchez, who cannot be with him match unless we win a loss. Pat McMahon, Eric Norrington, Spurs fan, Al Kovacevic, on the Scouse's house on, giving evils, giving Liverpool stare, and then last but not least, David Barber. All right, so we're going to talk about both Europa League and Champions League. My only request for me and you and Evan, if you grab the mic, is do not get in front of these speakers because it will make your ears bleed. So it's a thing called feedback. Feedback is not good in audio world. So Kevin's going to start us off with a few Europa League questions about the Arsenal-Chelsea match. All right, guys. So, uh, So obviously, I think politics have come to the fore in the Europa League final. It's being played in Baku, Azerbaijan, Henrik Vegetarian, uh, personal decision, isn't going to take part in it. Neither of these two clubs, Chelsea Arsenal, really uh, had sparkling form to the end of the season. No, they just sort of kind of limped over the line. Each had pretty entertaining semifinals, though, in, uh, in, the, in the playoffs in, in Europa League. Uh, I guess my first question to anybody is, who wins and why? Since I'm, since I'm the only Chelsea fan here, I'll, I'll start with uh, No worries. Yeah, so this is Paco Craig. 
I'm a Chelsea fan, for, for, so that everyone knows. And uh, I mean, you, you you made a good point, Chelsea. They've been a bit up and down all year long, uh, but at the end of the day, like I've I've enjoyed seeing Chelsea play in Europa. Who sadly obviously loved his cheek didn't he, he got injured in this friendly in America which I, I don't really understand too much why we were playing that game but it was great to see like other players come through and play well and uh, I think on a whole Chelsea have done well and so I mean there's no question we're going to win the final I would just wish there was an Arsenal fan here who could talk, talk back to that yeah. Alright Evan Floyd the, I think the only Arsenal fan in the house um, Chelsea through the league have already qualified for Champions League next year Arsenal if they don't win, are going to have to uh, settle for Europa League again. Does uh, them maybe playing for, well, they are playing for a berth, essentially, in the Champions League. Does that add anything to it? Yeah, this is Evan Floyd, the token Arsenal fan. And I'll say uh, the only thing I want everybody to come away from tonight is with the absolute knowledge and understanding that there's only one team in London that actually matters. And so as long as everybody agrees with that before we get to the end. But now, the... Uh, Arsenal, they do. They have, they just frankly have more to play for in this game than uh, Chelsea does. I think that that'll come out, uh, and that's mostly because we, you know, crapped the bed so thoroughly down the stretch and didn't catch the low-hanging fruit that was Tottenham. And uh, so it was it was an embarrassment that we didn't uh, play better down the stretch, but we we maintained throughout the uh, the Europa League uh, playoffs. Uh, I, I think that they're going to come out really hungry and anxious to win this game. I think that. Uh, the same form that saw them sort of thump uh, Chelsea 2-0 the last time they played in uh, the Premier League is going to show itself in this game. And I think that you're going to see another uh, another Arsenal win, probably something along the lines of 806 to nothing, something like that. I'm not positive, something like that. But, uh, yeah, go Gunners. Uh, yeah, please. I do have to point out, this is Eric, by the way, that they failed to get that low-hanging fruit three, four seasons in a row now. So, I just As opposed to the 80 before it. Yeah. Are we talking about St. Tottenham's Day? <laughs> we'll see it again next year. Uh, I guess the last question, because we're all here to talk about the Champions League final, is that... <laughs> Paco, I'm sorry. Okay, well... Oh, we're gonna. I know you're a Chelsea fan. I gotta bring up about Arsenal. Obviously, uh, it's being played in Azerbaijan, which has no political ties with Armenia, the home uh, nation of uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan. He personally has made the decision not to travel, even though he's been guaranteed by UEFA and uh, Azerbaijan, the hosts themselves, that no personal injury would uh, befall him. He made the decision not to go. Um, I, I, we're not going to question his motivation to not go. It's his call. But do you think it falls to UEFA to move it to uh, the final to a venue that uh, is you know, suitable and is accepting of everybody? Mario? This is uh, this is Mario Sanchez. Um, well, honestly, I think it's it's tragic for a, a player's perspective. First, you only get so many opportunities to play in, in, in major finals. This is a semi-major final. <laughs> Sorry, uh, we, we have to be honest. Yeah, but no, no, honestly, I mean, opportunities like this don't come too often, and to play in a site that one, you can't guarantee the player's safety, and two getting into the fan side of it that they can't even get there, I think it's tragic for the game and for the supporters itself. Man, what does that say about the like the management, the people making these sort of decisions then? Because like, 
it doesn't really make too much sense to me at all as well and and as we said like if you're a player all you all you need to ever what should ever worry about is just being able to play your sport so it's very frustrating for both sides i mean i don't know how all you guys feel but it would be really annoying kind of like having a freak friendly scheduled like right before a really important game <laughs> in a completely different country like thousands of miles away. i wasn't too sure about that decision either so there's a there's a lot of decisions being made at this end of the Premier League season, that I've not been, I've not been liking too much. But who else wants to chip in here? I, I would just say, as a player, yeah, for him, uh, obviously his choice, but not to be able to to, to go there for a final is, uh, you know, the rest of your life you'll be thinking about it. Um, so for them not to change the game or come up with some other solution in order for everybody to play, uh, yeah, it's kind of. Uh, Bad from UEFA, I guess. And just a last note on that, like uh, it's not like Noel here. Um, it's not like this venue was picked when the two teams like qualified. I think uh, 2017 it was announced that Baku was going to be the whole city. And okay, Saturday year you have well the the two powerhouses in India Europa League, Arsenal and Chelsea the two favourites to get there we carry one of the most prominent players for Arsenal so it's not like it's just been sprung upon UEFA uh, to have the game there I teams they need to have a little bit more about them but to stand up to UEFA it's it's a tough tough thing to do I just think it's a, such a shame uh, and for them to to try and say that oh we can guarantee he saved. I think that's a lot of baloney because I mean, there's no guarantees in, in anything. You don't know what people are capable of. So that's my two cents on that. Cheers. Thank you, guys. I've, it is a soccer podcast, but we, of course, I feel like a lot of times soccer and politics is uh, they can't be uh, uh, they can't not be intermingled at times. So with that being said, I think we're gonna turn it over to Champions League, and I'm gonna hand it back to Kenny. All right, thanks, guys. Appreciate your takes on that. Um, that's probably about the only way we get much attention outside of a few fans here for anything Europa League. Um, so one thing that's interesting about this, uh, unlikely both teams are in the final, right? There's no chance we're thinking a week before that either the Spurs or Liverpool are going through, especially Liverpool. Uh, but given that, there's a big break. Last year there was, what, two weeks, I think it was, to the Champions League final? And now we have a three-week layoff. You know, given the run of form in 2019, you would say that Liverpool had a heavier hand in it and with their two matchups. But I almost wonder if this break doesn't benefit Spurs. And I'd like to kind of turn to Spurs fans first because we all have to hope on something, right? As Liverpool were like, uh, we were supposed to be in the lead again at Christmas and we still lose the lead, you know, with this incredible run. So we all think that we have the deck stacked against us. So from the Spurs Spurs, what do you think about the layoff and how that affects your team? Yeah, I mean, if Harry Kane comes in and scores the winner, we've clearly benefited because he was in a situation where a week made a big difference. Uh, I don't know Liverpool's injury situation, but we've been limping along since very early in the year. Yeah, um, I agree. Uh, I, I feel like our players have been tired since the World Cup. Our lack of uh, depth after the lack of transfers coming into the new season. I feel like end of the end of the season, we were really struggling. We were playing great right up into two-thirds of the season I thought and then injuries crippled us um, I think this should help everyone should be back fit everyone can be focused and um, 
we've got time to prepare. We played Liverpool twice already this season. We know what we're up against. It's not like the Champions League where we're not so used to playing those teams. We, we, we've got time to prepare. We know who we're playing against, and hopefully everyone will be fit. So I feel we're in a we're in a good position. Fingers crossed. Well, depth and fitness aside, there's also the aspect of all the pressure being on Liverpool. You all have been expected to do well this season, possibly win the Premier League, uh, a favorite to make it to the final, a favorite to win the Champions League. Uh, not so much for Spurs. We've been the underdogs for the entire time and just won't, we won't go away. So is that on the minds of the players, this pressure, weeks to think about it? I mean, I could talk about fitness and depth all day, so I'm reaching now. I hope it plays a role because I want Spurs to win. <laughs> Yeah, I think um, obviously Harry Kane, a big part of the team, but for the form that the rest of the players have been having, I don't know if they'll actually change the lineup um, or have them more to come in if we need a goal. So, uh, But still, just resting the legs for three weeks and being able to prepare for one game, I think both ways uh, should be for a good final then. Let me just say a quick... <laughs> Since since we've already moved, since we've already been moved on, yeah, no, uh, definitely from a player's perspective as well. I remember whenever we're in playoff season, uh, which we know well clearly, uh, we've had two different versions both years. One time we had a very short turnaround to the final game, and one time we had like 11, 12 days, like almost two weeks till the turnaround for the next game. And I, as a player, you definitely just want to play as soon as possible. Like you're waiting, you're, you're, it's the last game of the whole season. Like it's what you've been working towards. So, for sure, these players are going to be overly motivated. So expect them to come out flying. But, um, but definitely, as you said, crucial weeks of resting. It's all going to come down to how the coaches have prepared the players because it's a good few weeks. So what they're doing in these few weeks now, for, in my opinion, will determine more than what they've done all season. Because it's uh, it's a much longer than we think, so hopefully they're all preparing well. But that's what it's going to come down to: which coach does the does the best preparation for their players. I'm going to move on to the next question because you led into something I was wanting to go to anyway. Especially since coach is sitting right here, and then it's going to roll down to where Niall is, and then we're going to talk about Scouse's playing career as well. Hopefully we're playing futsal. Um, so, Coach, which manager do you like better in a one-off? Throw, throw your Liverpool support aside. But in a one-off, you know, you, you know, it, when you think about it, you know, the, the the table tells, you know, everybody's weaknesses. You can't hide in the table. That's one of the things that's so great about the table. The Champions League is more about one-offs, right? The momentum. Who's got Mo? Klopp hasn't won a final. Neither is Potts. Thank you. I'm trying to make it. I'm trying to make it not too Liverpoolish. <laughs> I'm doing my best. All right. So Coach Sanchez, what do you got? Experience counts for everything, and uh, it, you know it's well documented. The clubs, you know, it's uh, not winning, but Pochettino hasn't been in the final. So to even go back to what Paco was saying, preparation-wise, you know, the, the biggest size of coaching side is not only the fitness, but but mentally keeping the guys. You know, it's a fine line. You got to keep them fresh and loose, keep them focused on the on the target, which they all know. But it's a fine line because if you create an environment where everyone's stressed out and thinking about it, then obviously that's too. It's not good for the players. At the same side, if you go too relaxed, that's not good. Klopp has that experience. 
And I would take any day of the week someone who's been in the number of finals that Klopp has over someone for the first time. Um, so, you know, going with that, I would, hands down, honestly, Liverpool aside, I would take Klopp any day of the week. I would take any manager who has the experience that Klopp has in the final. You know, if you look at the finals they've played, you know, it's different situations. Typically, he's been with a Fushman Dortmund. You know what I mean? It was, you guess you could say the underdog team. You know, they, they got to finals that they weren't expected to get to with Dortmund. Um, you know, last year, the, the Champions League finals, again, I think it's an interesting situation how it all played out. You know, I'm not saying that, you know, we were going to win it, but obviously the injuries and what happened play a huge factor. And those little things are going to play a factor in this final as well. Um, but ultimately, I do think Pochettino is still somewhat new to it all. And, um, you know, what he's done is amazing, but I would take Klopp any day of the week. All right, so thanks for that, Coach, because um, that was actually, it worked out perfect from where we're right down to you. So now we're kind of two-sided to this, but both in, we'll roll this back up to uh, for the players as well. Um, so experience matters, as Coach just said, but the experience that, you know, both you all had as a player going into the championship again this last year probably made a difference. You probably had a little bit more ease, a little more confidence about what was going on. But how does that affect the Liverpool players who didn't win last year with that heartache. Luckily, we don't have Karius and goal. I know. Right. I'm teeing it up for you, now. That's all I got, buddy. Let it go. Calm down, Niall. Calm down. <laughs> no, no, no. From one hour to another, I try to get you fired up. I think um, last year's final, aside from Bale's goal, the overhead kick, won their goal, the other two goals themselves are really bad errors, you know? Uh, overall, it was a pretty even game. Uh, both teams were in it, and that's that Real Madrid team. Ronaldo was still there, and they were three-time champions. You know, it's one of the best teams ever, and Liverpool stuck with them the whole game, aside from obviously the, the mistake. I think the Liverpool players, uh, they've been there. I think the experience of, of being there and, and losing will, will help them. Um, having uh, not to worry so much about fitness of players. We only had really Firmino coming back uh, from a little niggle uh, versus Pochettino worrying about maybe a game plan that we can put Kane in for the last half an hour or how long can we get. You know, it, it's too much to worry about, I feel, for Pochettino because he has so many like balls in the air. Okay, if we can get 30 minutes out of Kane and it's nil-nil, that's great. Or if it's not, you know, there's a lot. Whereas Klopp's only getting like Firmino's the only one who was a doubt, but he's back training in full. So he's worrying about basically a game plan that's normal for him. So I think he has the advantage in, in, in that uh, scenario. And the players being there running probably the best Premier League team to the end of the season. You know, this team is. They're very, very good, so I'm, I'm confident. Yeah, I was sitting um, right there on the very front row behind uh, the the Arsenal bench uh, over the Christmas period, and uh, I watched them up close and personal. And even though I'm cautiously confident, I still think that um, Liverpool on the day. Um, a more than a match for Spurs um, and if you've read all of the reports this week 
you know Liverpool are already out in Spain um, already training and acclimatizing to um, the Spanish weather conditions and I think that's going to make a, a, um, a really important role in the um, in the way that the players approach the game you know and I don't think Liverpool are going to change a game plan very much it's a, it's a very high attacking style and um, Hopefully that, uh, that the Spurs defence are not on the game that day, you know. And uh, I don't mind, I don't mind um, uh, Loris kind of scoring a goal for us off, off his back. I don't mind that at all. So. Just two things. One is I was actually in Tingle, Ireland, uh, a few months ago, and this was in October. And at the time. Spurs had a 1% chance to make the final. I put a little wager down on that. So if that on, on us actually winning. Now, at the time, I thought, this is, this is stupid. It was a souvenir. And, you know, as time went on, I went back and found that suitcase and found that piece of paper. Because if, I, if it comes, comes out well for me, we're going to have another family vacation in Ireland soon. So that'll be nice. The second thing is that we had a 1% chance in October. Now, you know, the, the latest odds are, you know, two to one against us. But the other thing is a story I want to tell you. I, I play golf, and I went one time, I was trying to decide if I wanted to join Oxmoor Country Club, and I went out to Oxmoor, and I played it. And the first day there, I made I made four birdies on this free round, and I shot an even par 72, and I thought, this course is amazing. This is the place for me. I didn't shoot 72 out there for another two years because I didn't. I didn't know any better. I didn't know that that course was better than me. We've played Liverpool, but you've got to beat us three times, and that's what's so fun about this final is, I, you know, Pochettino does not have the experience that Klopp has in the finals of this magnitude, but at the same time, he's also somebody that I think is very good about putting a team out to not be worried and not be holding back. And so that team is going to go out and know that they can play freely and play without pressure. And so I think that could be something that at least is going to make a good match out of this. Oh, sorry, am I not supposed to chime in? <laughs> um, I, I feel uh, I feel Liverpool are obviously favourites. Uh, they've been amazing this season. They finished with 97 points and are not champions, which is insane. Like that doesn't seem like it's possible. Um, and if we start like we did against Ajax in both of those semis, we'll probably be buried by half time. So this is the most important thing. We have to start and not be timid and play play without fear and, and go for you. I think there's goals for both teams. There might be a lot of goals for both teams because, you know, defense isn't generally our, our strong point. And yours has been better this season, but, but still you, you, you can see. Now, I feel like both attacks are going to get some goals. We just need a good start. If we don't get a good start, we're buried, I think. <laughs> okay, real quick, real quick. I do respect Poach a lot, but you know about the first time beginner's luck and all that. He nearly killed Spurs in both semifinals. To your point, because I think Scouts, you kind of alluded to it. Liverpool has a system of play, and you can say, well, everyone knows what they're going to do for sure. Poach has been lauded correctly about changing his tactics. But I think sometimes he, he overthinks it. And against Ajax, the, for sure, both halves, he got it wrong. And they were fortunate to, to get away with it. 
uh, we got to be honest about that. You know what I mean? The way it played out. And that's my, would be my one concern with Poach is, is he going to overthink it? Because they really don't have, he's played every system possible. And I give him credit for being adaptable and the players for being adaptable. But sometimes I do think he overthinks it. And against Ajax, for sure, both halves, the first halves of each game, I do think he overthought it. And the players looked frozen. They didn't look like they were believing into it. And then he, full credit, he changed it. But that would be my my concern as a Spurs fan, would be that, you know, is he going to overthink it? Just a, uh, and he, he is kind of fortunate that he was up against that uh, OX team. They're so young and they were so. I felt they played so naive uh, in how they managed the game. They're up two, two nil. You know, the game was was dead and buried, and you know, the, it was the immaturity of the the OX team rather than you know the, how Tottenham played that, that that won it for them in the end. I feel um, that OX team. Amazing to watch, but just lack that maturity to, to see a game out. So, so here's the thing. We've criticized Pochettino all season long about his inability to change his tactics during a game. Night, like 85th minute subs when we've been calling for the subs at halftime or 60th minute. And in the Champions League, he's really surprised us by making impact, like big impact changes earlier in the game. So I would I would completely agree with you that if he got the tactics wrong in this match, you know, months ago, they, they were just going to be wrong the entire match. But he's given me some hope lately that if he gets it wrong, he will change it early and we'll get the tactics right. So. At least it's not sorry, balls. Okay. All right. Uh, this is Evan, and I've got a I've got a question, and I'm gonna ask a question to the Liverpool fans because you get it. But uh, I'm gonna. <laughs> so the question I've got for uh, the Liverpool fans is: Al said it just right. It's uh, 97 points, an unbelievable campaign, one of the two to three greatest teams in the history of Premier League play. Uh, what's it going to mean to this team if they do fall short and come up with zero trophies from this historically great team? And how much pressure do you think that puts on this team to perform in this final as opposed to any other normal game where, yeah, I mean, I think that they I think they clearly outclass Tottenham, but I think that it's going to be a qu more of a question of whether or not they can perform in this game, and th that's a mountain of pressure and history on uh, Liverpool's on Liverpool's back going into this game. What's that going to feel like? Um, so first, I'll start with the Premier League. Uh, I don't anything more in the Premier League. Um, lost one game to City. Um, like I said earlier, probably the best team that's ever played in the Premier League. You know, so uh, as a player, I don't think they would get too down on themselves because you know they done all all they could. 97 points unheard of not winning the league. So I think they would shoot that to the back of the mind really really easily uh, as far as not winning a, a trophy yeah that's i think that's a different different story because uh, clearly i feel like they're the, they have the upper hand against tottenham um, champions league final okay people say like it's a 50 50 game you know one-off game anything can happen which is, which is true but the bookies make liverpool you know the favorites for, and rightly so and if they don't win it, yeah, it will be a nightmare of a season. So that there definitely is pressure in Liverpool to, to come up with the goods for sure. Uh, 
personally, I think that you know um, Jurgen Klopp has got the mindset and um, that that's the last thing in their minds. All they need to focus on is one game and executing the game plan that he has set down and get the rest of that garbage out of your mind and just concentrate on the uh, the game at hand and then that's the Champions League final. But going into that game, anyone who's complacent for one second during that game, they're going to get punished. And um, that's going to be in the back of the mind. Can't mess up, not just for one second, because, you know, one mess up could lose you the game. You know, and because look at uh, at the end of the season, we're talking about 11 millimeters cost Liverpool the championship this year. 11 millimeters. That goal didn't go in. Cost us the game. Cost us the championship. So, you know, but uh, they'll be focused on the game at hand, uh, win or lose. Just to add, as a player as well, I don't. I wouldn't really see it as pressure. I can only speak of how I would take it, but I don't really see Liverpool players as under pressure, more as just extremely motivated. Like you've, you've really, really succeeded and not get, been given what you deserve this year, as a Liverpool player. All you have to do is beat a team you've beaten twice already, and you have the best trophy of the year. You know, so for me personally, I don't think Liverpool are gonna struggle with pressure. I think they're dying to to be able to just play this game, and get it going because. Yeah, exactly. Like even more so. Exactly. Like if you're, if they didn't manage to win it last year, they get to the final again. Like you're gonna, you, there's not, it's not pressure. Like oh, can we do it? Like we're not sure. It's more like, for me anyway, the way I see it, they're like, all right, this is it. Like we, there's no, there's no other choice. We have to win. So that's that's kind of where where I see it. But. Years ago, when Klopp came in, he was playing kind of the real wide open style, right? This uh, crazy heavy metal football. It would be hard to be thinking the way that I think now, uh, just kind of as a new, trying to be as neutral as possible. I think that Spurs actually want a very open match because typically, if you have a team full of, we would most mostly rate Liverpool players just a touch above Spurs because the table tells a story, right? But it's a one-off game. You want that to be a little bit more cagey. You want to be able to control that. So two things for the Spurs supporters over here. Would you prefer an open game? And if the Spurs do win, what does it mean to the history of the club, to the growth of the game, to all the people you hang out with constantly? I know the lot that I hang out with, and they're all idiots. I don't know this lot quite as well. We, we definitely want a wide open game because that's Spurs soccer. That's how we're supposed to play the game. We suffered uh, under AVB watching us pass around the 18-yard box and trying to pick a lock, and it was just boring. We want it to be wide open because that's the way we want to play. And I'm not going to quote uh, Bill Nicholson. I'm just going to say that we would rather lose trying to win than playing it safe. And what would it mean to win this? I mean, I'm going to let Al answer that. I've been following for a good long time, and it would mean a tremendous amount to me. But I can only imagine what it means to Al. Um, I've been a supporter since I was about nine years old. 
first real memory is watching us lose the uh, 86 Cup final to Coventry. It's kind of, you know, sets a tone for Spurs. Up and down, pretty disappointing, but we always try and play footy. Um, if we were to win this, it would be everything. It would be a dream come true. I never, ever, ever, ever imagined we'd ever be in a European Cup final. It's ridiculous. That's just not, not for us. That's for the big clubs. If we can win this, then we can be a big club. And that would be insane. I, I want that for us. I would probably cry and roll around on the floor and hug everyone, even if they weren't a Tottenham supporter. I'd just be dragging people in. It, it, would, it would mean the world to me and, and everyone in Tottenham. And I can't express how excited I am and how I've been trying to push this final out of my mind since we got there because I'm a, I'm a <clears throat> nervous wreck and I, I can't think of anything better than winning and losing. If we lose, I'm all right. Yeah, the, the word is dream. There's no doubt. It's a dream. So it's like a Monopoly, bank makes error in your favor kind of stuff for us, though. Uh, we weren't we weren't expecting to be there. We weren't expected to be there. So uh, right now it's bonus time. Now, don't ask me after the match. If we lose, I'm going to be pretty upset, you know. But I can tell you're a little more nervous than we are. I can tell. You're coming up with really good reasons. I don't have a lot of good reasons. I don't have to, though. You've been thinking about this all year. So, But I do think that sometimes we confuse how we feel about it as a supporter with what's going on with the players. As a supporter, Scouts, you've got how you're thinking about when was the last cup we won, when was the last time we added to our incredible resume, all that stuff. These players, haven't, most of them haven't lived through that. Most of them haven't been there since the last cup you won, even though it's been, what, five, six years? A league cup? Yeah. There, I, don't, I don't think that's going to be as big a factor for the players as maybe the fans think it will be because the fans are thinking, oh, this means so much to me. But I think for Liverpool players, they know they're going to have another chance. They know that they've built something. They're going to be back. Uh, for us, it's yeah, it's going to be life and death. <laughs> yeah, I think for um, for the game, uh, like how Spurs were play or have an open game, um, I'm hoping that it, it, at least at the beginning it does, it's not because I think Liverpool on counterattack uh, is better than Spurs. So if it's an open game back and forth, I think they would do better with that. Um, so at the beginning, um, if it's more defensively, I would say Spurs for a little bit, um, try and still playing out of the back. But as you can see in the Ajax game, they did that for a while, and Ajax broke them down and just countered immediately. Then they went more direct. Um, so they have a couple ways that they can uh, get some goals on Liverpool, I think. So, um, But to win would be, uh, yeah, it'd be unbelievable. I mean, just the last game, I have even watched highlights like on YouTube a couple of times. Just my girlfriend's like, "What are you? What are you doing?" I'm like, oh, "I'm just watching the Spurs game again." Uh, but uh, so it'd be, yeah, it'd be incredible. All right, I'm gonna come back to the I'm gonna come back to the Spurs uh, side of the uh, group here first on this one. So you know, last year we lost Salah uh, in 15 minutes, and we were done. Uh, a couple wonder strikes, and it was over. You've got the opportunity to possibly have Harry Kane come back. We touched on that earlier in the break. Do you feel better about the possibility of having him back, or would it be easier just to have him omitted and go with, just like how Liverpool had to do against Barca, right? We went into the match knowing there's no Mo Salah and there's no Bobby Firmino. 
I think that actually works in our favor, so there's not that what-ifs. So from the Spurs side, would you rather know up front that Harry's not in, or do you really want him kind of sitting on that 20-minute run out? Uh, for me, I mean, he's obviously a great goal scorer, so you would want him there uh, in order, like, I'd say later in the game. Uh, but he's been out for so long, like his game fitness, uh, just the small intricacies that you, you build over playing several games in a row, I don't think he'll, he'll, he'll have that instinct. Um, but, but you never know how their training is and, and whatnot. And I think the players that have gotten him there deserve the opportunity. Um, so for me, it would be great to have Harry on the bench, I'd say, if anything. But I think the, the start should go to the players that kind of got us there. Yeah, I agree 100%, but also strategically, um, you, these guys are hot. I mean, Son, not the last match, but I mean, he's been hot. Obviously, Lucas Moore has been hot. Go with those guys that have been hot. And have having Harry there, though, to come in late, he's been an amazing guy for coming in late in games because that's how he started his career. You know, he started coming off the bench at Spurs and scoring, you know, in the last 20 minutes. And then if it does get to a dicey situation where we have a shootout or whatever, we definitely want Harry in the shootout. So for me, I don't want to upset the chemistry, and I would want Harry to be available, though, for late in the game to make a difference because he's always in the right spot, right? And also to be there for a shootout. He does so many things, though. A fit Harry Kane, I know game fitness and not being injured are two different things. I just can't imagine him being available and not playing in the Champions League final. Yeah, I mean starting. Yes, I'm sorry. Starting in the Champions League final. If he's ready to go, like, I think I agree with you, but I'm not sure I agree with you. If he's ready to go, I say, but, hey, that raises a good point. They have to prepare for either way. So I think Pochettino can, maybe is he going to bring Harry Kane on late? Is he going to start him? They have to prepare for both of those eventualities. So that might, I mean... We'd love to have him fit, ready to go from the start, but even if he's not, we can still use him for maybe some mind games. Yeah, I think, uh, <laughs> I just back over here again. I, I think, I think who else, whoever the Tottenham play, I think Virgil will be able to sandal him. So I think if, if Kane comes in and he's not feeling good, Personally, I think he's the type of player who, if he's not firing on all cylinders, then that's something a centre-back can really exploit and give him, a, give him a little, rough him up a little bit, maybe concede a few fouls, you know, Harry, Harry draws fouls for fun. But um, apart from that, if you, if you rough him up a little bit, I don't think he'll be able to do much, uh, much damage. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but I, yeah, what do you, what do Liverpool fans think? I'm going to talk from my coach's perspective and I will talk, we're talking over here. I think this is actually a very tricky situation for a coach. Uh, to Kenny's point early on, when, when Mo and those guys are out, they're out. And you know, if you're, you're always looking over your shoulder. You know, do I bring him on? Do I bring him on? Do I bring him on? If if Harry thinks he's fit now, you know, not knowing the guy, is he thinking that he needs to start? You know, and then if you know, like everyone's saying, if you start him, I, I want to say fair is the word because a coach, you play your best players. You know, if he's fit and he's ready, he's training well. Then you know, if he's if, coach, if, if he's your best player, you play him. And that's I think people put too much into the you know the form or the end. It's three weeks. The form is different. 
But I think if he's not fit, you're constantly looking over your shoulder thinking, all right, if we go one goal down, when do I bring him on? When do I bring him on? Uh, and if he doesn't play well, I mean, there's so much that goes into it. So I think the mind game side of it is actually a very difficult situation for a coach. I mean, look, there's only one guy that's going to – well, the team will know how he's training and how fit he really is, and coach will make his decision based on that. If he's not 100% fit, I think it becomes a really tricky situation, uh, almost a no-win situation, because if you put him on and he doesn't look fit, they're going to say, what an idiot, why would you put him on? If you put him on, what an idiot, how come you didn't, you didn't put him on? So I think it's a really tough situation. Yeah, uh, spot on. I think perspective, uh, it's well documented about his, uh, his ankle. If I'm a manager, like if it was Paco, for example, they'd be telling Paco, any chance you get, smash that ankle. Like, if he, if he plays, if he starts, whatever, I'll be, you know, smash it. Let's see how it actually really is, you know, and what what kind of uh, injections he's getting in it, because he's for sure getting getting a lot in it. So, um, Pochettino for sure is in a is in a tough spot. Uh, what percent is Kane gonna be? Definitely not a hundred percent. And then you have to say, well, is a 70% Harry Kane good enough against Virgil van Dijk uh, player of the season? I, I don't know, you know, I just, I just don't think so, so. Any of the Liverpool defenders? I don't think so. No. Wait, Matip has been unreal. He, he's went under the radar, he doesn't get the credit he deserves, but... Joe Matip, especially against Barcelona, unbelievable. So, them two are for sure going to start for Liverpool. All right, so I kind of got a wild card question here, which I actually like. So, uh, this is we're going to touch on just Europa League just for a second, but it's more just a situation real quick. Brought um, up a great point. What is the effects of Aiden Hazard basically gone? Is that motivation? That's what I thought. Excellent question. You want to throw Paco? Yeah, yeah. The effects of Chelsea's end result or Hazard's performance? What, what are we talking about? Here? Everything? So, so uh, I saw a video recently went viral of Hazard on the street driving his car and some fans were filming him through their iPhone screaming at him, please stay at Chelsea, stay at Chelsea. He gave a, he gave a sly grin and shook his head, you know, and sped away. It was... And it, I, I enjoyed it as a, as a fellow professional, as someone who's in the same business, but as a Chelsea fan, it kind of cut me deep a little bit. But uh, on Hazard himself, I always find that when there's less on him or less pressure on him or he cares less, then he actually plays better. So you saw towards the end of the season, I mean, he's been good all season long, but you see at the end of the season too, like he has, he's playing, I feel like he's playing with more of a freedom and more relaxed. He's getting nice assists. I mean, he's, he's messing around a bit, but he's picking up his assists and he's he's helping Chelsea win, you know, so... So, Hazard knows he's leaving, then that takes off so much pressure for him and he's like, look, it don't matter, like, I'm moving up anyway. Yeah, so... So, uh, so for me, he's going to play well. I... 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 Chelsea's win, as usual, you know, it's not a very crazy prediction. Hazard always helps us out, but... I definitely expect to see him expressing himself, playing like he doesn't care because he's moving on, and uh, and that's going to help Chelsea win. So so I'm just straight positive here. Obviously a Chelsea fan. <laughs>
definite Chelsea. That's great. And Paco was a perfect person to answer that, especially being a supporter. Um, so, and we know that Hauser doesn't like the pressure too. Aiden doesn't like the pressure. It's not what he likes. That's right. That's right. When he's playing schoolyard. Um, all right, I've got just a couple more questions, and then we'll be wrapping up pretty soon. Let um, me give everybody a, kind of a, a swing at a question that was asked by somebody else from the audience. Uh, well, let me go hit the players first, and then we'll do the other question. So, lots of pressure on you three guys on that Saturday. Are you guys going to be watching the game? Coach, you going to let them watch the game? You're going to get in there and. Okay, so the answer is probably yes, but uh, the further question is, and I'll let you all answer this and just have some fun with this. Um, I've already told my wife, I can't be at the Louisville City game. I own four season tickets. I can't because I'm either going to be so overjoyed, you all don't want me in Scouse's house falling over the edge, or I'm going to be so mad I don't want to watch soccer for at least three weeks because I still remember last year. So. There's a lot of pressure on you all to perform for all over because there's going to be Spurs supporters feeling the same way. So how do you deal with watching the game and realizing you got to lift up all of Louisville soccer fans? Um, well, yeah, for me, I'm the only Spurs fan in the locker room. So to be honest, if Liverpool wins, it's probably going to be better for, for us playing on Saturday. Um, uh, but I think, you know, obviously just... You support them, but you got a job to do, and then you just focus on the next thing. So, and then cry, cry the next day if, if we lose. Uh, I mean, I'm gonna be alright either way. <laughs> I just want to see a good game. I have to say, I mean, as you might have guessed from my comments, I kind of am leaning towards Liverpool. It's because I'm from London, and I have a, a deep hatred for Tottenham. <laughs> Which has it's it's ebbed away. The more time I spend in America, the less I hate any English football team. I just kind of was bred that way. It wasn't my fault, you know. Um, and also Liverpool deserve it. Liverpool are a team I've enjoyed watching since since Aguero, like uh, no, since since um, Suarez. Sorry, not Aguero. Since Suarez was your striker, uh, Liverpool striker. It's been like it's been so much fun to watch. So anyone who actually just likes football as a purist. You kind of, no, sorry, my apologies, but you kind of lean towards Liverpool, and, and so, yeah. Even though I'm good, so, Niz, how are you going to be, man? Yeah, watch, watching the game, I'll obviously be, be a nervous wreck and stuff like that, and I'm a massive Liverpool fan, um, but once I, like, step over the white line, I just kind of forget about everything um, except winning. Uh, really competitive, so... Uh, as soon as the game will start, I'll just focus on winning. So, yeah, hey, you don't have to worry about you don't have to worry about anything. That's just how I am. So, yeah. All right. So we're going to send this one all the way around uh, the horn on this one before we move to our final question. I want from your your perspective, and then you've got the sort of unbiased, still a London-ish perspective against, but. Who do you think has the best chance to be the wild card for your team that could lead them to victory? Okay, let me get this one first. Kevin, go for it. Kevin, oh, calling audible. Kevin Kernan, ladies and gentlemen. I just, I just want to place it on the record. I'm wearing my Liverpool jersey tonight. I'm really, if, when it comes to Premier League, I'm a Palace fan just because you can't. If, if, you're, if you're an American, like 
You guys should feel bad just because, well, not, you guys shouldn't feel bad. Well, I guess there aren't really any Americans here that just pick Liverpool. Huge club, so props to you guys. But, uh, but I just want to place on the record, I think Diva for Richie is going to come off the bench and score the winner for Liverpool because he only scores big goals. <laughs> You don't set the rules, Kevin. Do what? You don't set the rules for everybody, Kevin. Well, Kenny's the last question. I just wanted to. I just wanted to. He's gonna gonna win it. Musa Sissoko, no doubt. Uh, for wild card, I mean, he hasn't been anywhere close to goal all year, right? But he's, I mean, he's. To, speaking of Palace, he's kind of like an Andrews Townsend four years ago in terms of his ability to put it on target. But man, what a fan favorite and what a transformation. And that's one of the things we love about Pochettino is the fact that he took somebody who's been has turned him into somebody whose name is saying every match, you know, by the top of faithful. So I think we have a chance of Sissoko putting one inside one of the top corners. I'm with Dave. Sissoko has turned around uh, massively and, and he's, he's our favorite now. Um, I think Danny Rose is probably going to get kicked all match. He's going to keep getting back up, and he's going to make a final run into the box and cross it to Harry Kane for the win. We can't really even count Lucas Mora as a wild card anymore, can we? After Ajax and a hat trick. Um, you can't really count Dele Ali, um, but he's had such a bad season, so I guess what I'm going to... He hasn't had a bad season. He does all the right things, but he just hasn't had that magic that he's had in seasons past. So I look to Dele to have a big game and to score the winner and go down in Tottenham Hotspur history. Um, me, I'd say, uh, yeah, Sissoko by far, I think he's been unbelievable this year, especially recently. Uh, had a little injury, but um, I th I'm going to go with uh, Son. He kind of had an off game uh, with the Ajax and then was out the other one. So I think he'll come back um, yeah, with a good, <laughs> with maybe maybe two goals, maybe brace. Uh, totally unbiased opinion here. <laughs> I think uh, I think the biggest wild card, just because I want to see some controversy, is going to be VAR. I think it's going to be it's going to be a that was was correct because of VAI and it's going to change the whole game. That's what I'm hoping for, guys. <laughs> I'm going to cheat and say uh, our outside defenders, outside backs, uh, Trent Alexander and Robbo, because uh, I think they're going to, my guess is they're going to sit deep, so I think the ball is going to be in the wide areas, and I think if, if Trent can continue what he's doing, I mean, it's amazing when you think the kid's freaking 20 years old. It's crazy. And Robbo, I mean, I think those two guys are the wild cards in the sense of if they have a good game, I think Liverpool obviously wins. For me, it's very hard to pick a wild card for Liverpool because uh, they've they've been so good, you know, the the, the fullbacks, double digit assists and stuff like that, Salah, Mane, you know, like they've been so good. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would say like Firmino coming back from injury, he's gonna score twice. Well, um, if you'd asked me um, at the final whistle at the at the at the new camp, I would have said um, Liverpool got no chance of being in the final. But um, with what he did during the second leg at Anfield, um, Wijnaldum, 
you cannot discount that guy because he um, he stepped up to the plate he scored two fabulous goals um, and that put Liverpool well on the way to um, the Champions League Cup final so Ginny Wijnaldum alright so I'll get my own on this one um, I've actually been saying this for a couple of weeks I think Andrew Robertson is probably going to score his first goal he's really been sticking his laces through the ball taking shots making them not cheat on the on the deep crosses so that's mine but as far as romantic it would for me it would actually be Alex Oxlade Chamberlain after going out last year in Roma with that horrible knee injury and seeing him come back so those are kind of my hopes as, as Liverpool so um, but I want to touch on one more important Scouse just brought this up and for most of you all that know Scouse uh, he's definitely uh, like many of you all in here are ambassadors for soccer in this city um, brought up a good point about how big of a week this is this next week. And I really want you to kind of give your take on this because you've lived it. I mean, some of you other guys can touch on it, but Scouse is an ambassador really to the city. We all know you as that. So tell us a little bit about what's going on that week. Well, next week um, is a really, really important week in, um, in European soccer because um, on Monday there is the, an absolute huge game going on, um, which is the, the championship playoff final at Wembley Stadium and we've not touched on that today um, and we, I think it's well deserved because I don't think people realize how important that game is because the winner of that game will um, gain automatic pre uh, promotion into the Premier League and I believe it's 160 million um, Dollars, pounds, pounds sterling to the uh, the winning team, and that's just in um, in mo in TV rights. So there's 160 million pounds sterling on that game going forward. So that's on Monday, um, and I just wanted to uh, point something out to you um, that we have in this city so many great resources to watch first-class football. And the first thing is, is we've got one, two, we've got four of the guys right here from Louisville City, okay? If you wanted to go on down and watch a first-class team play, just come down, join Scouts' house, go down to the Coops, just go on down there and watch a first-class football game, okay? These guys are here week in, week out playing the game, all right? On top of that, we have so many partners that partner up with... Um, my supporters group, Liverpool FC Kentucky, and we have the Spurs supporters group. And I'll, I want to give a big shout out to Bruce and Tygo Callahan. Bruce is the um, um, the main guy right here at Saints, and Ty is the uh, the owner over at Molly's. And those guys, they step up to the plate for um, all of the supporters in this city. And if you want to go and watch a um, a good football game these guys are really accommodating and they will put on the TV so that you can watch the game that you um, you can watch anywhere you know it doesn't matter what game it is these guys are putting on for you even if you want to watch Celtic why you would want to do that I don't know but you can watch Celtic here and they'll do that for you so um, I want to bring uh, Bruce up here and um, and personally thank these guys Bruce and Ty for what they do for um, the football in this community Oh, thanks everybody. Appreciate you all coming out to Saints tonight. Thanks so much for your support. Always. Our, 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 uh, we also 
great the past amazing three years. Uh, looking, this is another amazing year. They're they're playing so hard and coming back and showing what the the grit that they have. Um, it, it's great to go see those games for damn sure. Um, I also like to point out. Every county uh, boys have landed here for Monday morning. We will have the the, gate, the, the doors open 10 a.m. for the match against Aston Villa. And also, uh, Saints is the home of USA Soccer over the summer. So if you want to watch the Women's National World Cup uh, appearances, tell your friends, come on up, red, white, and blue, go Yanks. And then uh, Gold Cup, uh, which will be concurrent with the uh, Women's World Cup. So there's a lot of red, white, and blue to happen in uh, June and early July. So... Uh, Come join us and uh, our good friends at Molly Malone's on the corner. If you're an Arsenal supporter uh, for Europa League, that's going to be amazing. And then, uh, obviously, Chelsea and Liverpool down at, at uh, Highlands. Ty, you want to come up? Yeah. Oh, and, of course, our... I am actually very happy they're here because I get to watch my guys while I'm... Anyway, thanks, guys. Thank you, Bruce. But um, if anybody uh, out there d has uh, any questions about where to go watch soccer here in um, this city, you can reach out to me um, in Scouser's house, or you can reach out to um, the guys in uh, Louisville Spurs. Um, we've both got uh, pages on Facebook, and um, um, Scouser's house has got a website too. So um, please reach out to us, and we'll guide you in the right direction where you can go watch first-class football. So, yeah, and then um, Molly's, in, Molly's in the Highlands. That's the, the home of Liverpool FC Kentucky, and we watch every single game there. Um, and that's exactly where we'll be on the 1st of June um, as Liverpool win the Champions League. And then we'll be uh, headed directly over to uh, Slugger Field to watch um, Louisville City play um, Bethlehem. Charleston? Charleston Battery? All right, so we've uh, we got a little late start today. Uh, we've kept this going for about an hour, which was kind of my goal. Um, I know everybody's got busy schedules, but I mean, all this talk is just really a bunch of crap. <laughs> What's going to be the score? Who wants to go first? The Spurs side or Liverpool side? Spurs side go first. Give us the score. That's what I wrote down for Scouts: three to two, Spurs. Yeah, and I want to tell you guys, I've I've loved. Chelsea, I understand how you feel being from London, but I want to say I hope we break your hearts, but not necessarily your ankles. That was mean. That was mean what you said. Uh, Chelsea four two. The Arsenal suck. Um, and I think I think three two Tottenham in extra time. Seven uh, zero Chelsea. Sorry, man. Um, yeah, and I'm going to go 2-2 through extra time, and it's going to be Spurs 5-4 on penalty kicks. Um, I had 2-1 uh, for uh, Chelsea winning Europa, and then, uh, yeah. and then uh, Spurs 3-2 and uh, ex extra time. Uh, I put. That would just be me. <laughs> I put 2-1 for Liverpool. Uh, just. Finals are usually not high scoring. You know, you 
you're going to be gagging to play. You're going to be 100 mile an hour. Yes. <laughs> typically, typically. Champions League finals aren't usually too many. Of course, Liverpool uh, like scoring goals in finals. But, um, yeah, 2-1 for that. And then I actually was, I'm a Chelsea fan, and I put 2-2 two, two in, in regular time. And then Chelsea went on penalties. That's why I actually put. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm hopping in real quick uh, before we get to the Liverpool supporters. So, uh, yeah, for uh, the Europa League, I think uh, probably 3-1 Arsenal. Uh, it's just the only score that makes any real sense. And then uh, for the Champions League final, I've got uh, Liverpool 2 and Tottenham negative 3. That's probably, I think somehow they'll give away three goals just by being Tottenham, and so that's, that's the score. You're uh, 1-1 and Chelsea on penalties. And then uh, final, Champions League final, 3-1. Uh, comfortable 3-0 up. I'll, I'll throw the goal Spurs away, but I think so. So it's a nice, fairly comfortable 3-1 win for, for the Reds. <laughs> worked last year, worked last year. Um, Europa League final, 2-1 Chelsea after extra time. Hazard's going to score both goals and then leave to Madrid. Um, Champions League final, it's going to resemble 2004. 3-0 uh, Liverpool. Okay, the tough question. Um, I'm going to um, tip the apple cart here because I'm going 3 uh, 0 Arsenal. In regulation time. 3 0 Arsenal. And then um, I can't see um, Spurs um, taking Liverpool on this one. Um, I'm thinking um, 3 1 Liverpool in regulation time. I don't think any of the finals are going to go to extra time. All right, so thanks to our esteemed panel up their time. Thank you to you all for coming out here. If you were just overjoyed with the amount of knowledge that was dropped on everyone tonight and the opinions, uh, this will be out tomorrow on a uh, link on Twitter on the Scouse's House um, Twitter account. It will also be on the Scouse's House website and on Podbean. So thanks, everyone, for coming out tonight, and go City.